The PJ and WH Radio Network brings you Matt Man and the Old Man. I am Chris. I am Matt. All right, so this is our, this is our first one in inaugural on this on on this one. So let's uh let's get the topics. You were bringing up Stanley. I yes. Know it's, I know it's been a week, it's but the biggest one, the biggest news story. Rest in peace, Stanley. Yes. Yes. Um, details came out about what caused his death, which was. They were saying it was uh, heart failure and respiratory failure, which I know uh, the family has released that they he has had respiratory and eyesight problems, probably from wearing fucking dark shades, you know, his entire life. But <clears throat> he was having eyesight problems, respiratory problems, and obviously there's the huge Bill Maher topic of his just obtuse comments. Uh, on Stanley and the industry as a whole, if I've read it correctly, the guy—he's looking for. I mean, did it, did anybody even care if Bill Maher was alive? No, no one cared. <laughs> Look, no one has. He, Bill Maher hasn't been relevant. Well, and who's the guy going to Bill Maher? Who's the fucking? Who's the the guy that has the balls to be like, "Hey, Bill Maher, Stanley died. What do you think?" Like, nobody cares what Bill Moore says. And I had a buddy, my friend Moy, he came up to me, he called me up and he asked me, you know, well, what, what's your thoughts about Bill Moore? And I, I, the only thing I could think of is that ignorance is something that is constantly plagued. Uh, nerds. And I compared, because he's black, I told him, I was like, being called a nerd was almost as dirty as the N-word. I mean, if you were a nerd, you were shunned from everybody else and all that. And Stan Lee was the older grandfather figure who was like, hey man, it's okay to be a nerd because you still have these values. And he stood on Stanley's soapbox saying that, you know, I may be a guy who just created these characters, but these are high high morals that these characters and what, believe in. And what what the what people don't realize is that us nerds already knew like diversity, mm-hmm. acceptance. Yeah. Knowing that everybody has a place, oh, yeah. whether you're, you are a mutant or a human, you have a position in the world. Because you had the X Men, man. The X Men. This was and Black Panther, and you had all these forward-thinking characters that are getting such praise and you know renown now that Stan created. For well, all intents and purposes, we'll say it's back in like the '60s and the '70s that he's created this. The Fantastic Four was created when he was thirty. When Jack Kirby was thirty-nine. They, that's when they were working yeah. on it, is later in life. So you still have hope as an old man. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, but uh, like Thanos, yeah. he, he oh, for all intents and purposes, villain. But a villain with the right mindset. His yeah. values were actually set, and that was written. And even though he didn't create, even though Stanley okay. tech, didn't technically create, he existed in the universe as Stanley. Yeah. Stanley was the man that he may have been standing on a soapbox shouting Marvel at the top of his lungs, but he was the guy that everybody actually listened to. He was the one that I grew up with. Like he was influencing me before I even knew that he was the puppet master pulling the strings. He was the man that was saying, "Hey, kids!" I, I, I saw on Facebook it was the the intro to the original PlayStation Spider-Man game. Hello, true believers. And it was, oh my God, who is that? Well, that's the creator of Spider-Man. That's Stan Lee. And that was the first time I remember hearing Stan Lee and then seeing the man 
was almost like, yes, that is Stanley. Of course, he looks like Stanley should look. And he was around forever. Everyone, I remember it was like back uh, three years ago, and it was like, Lord, please, anybody but Stan Lee. And then it finally happened. And, you know, and what really, dude, if you haven't listened to it, listen to either of the podcasts that Kevin Smith has, either Hollywood Babylon or Fat, uh, uh, Fat Man Beyond, where they, he, they have a tribute to Stan Lee. Anytime Kevin Smith wells up, I'm already fighting back the tears. Like, oh, you said you weren't going to cry. Like, because this is the man, Stanley was his idol. Like, among all of us, Stanley was an idol for all of us. And he got to work with him. And then he gets to the point in his story to where he says, no, no, you don't understand. He thought of you as a son. So, speaking of speaking of podcasts, you also have to listen to uh, Tell Him Steve Dave. Um, because they're connected to, to mm-hmm. Kevin Smith as well. Oh, yeah. And they're part of the Smartcast Network, so uh, tip a tip a hat to tell them Steve oh, Dave. Yeah. Um, but and Brian Quinn with the Impractical Jokers as well. But I mean, Stanley just had one of those presences to where you knew that this was a man who had uh, indomitable spirit. That's what I'll put it as. He had an unrelenting uh, vision on what Marvel could become. And that's my biggest relief out of all this is that he got the news that X-Men and Fantastic Four are coming up, you know? And he said, I believe, I'm misquoting this, but he said, you know, that's a great relief. Like, he was happy that Kevin Feige is going to have control of his people because Kevin Feige's a fan. And that's who he wanted the next generation to work Not a fan, he's a true believer. Oh, he is a true believer. (laughs) (laughs) And in spite of everything, it's just an overwhelmingly positive note, you know? And the best uh, comparison I have heard uh, of Stan Lee, too, I will say, is he is the Mark Twain of our time. And we got to live in the moment of this great Mark Twain creating this story. And I don't think I would be the person I am because you talk about, all right, parents give their children morals. Who else does that? It's the cartoons, man. It's the anime. It's the it, That's the core belief. And you look at uh, Dragon Ball Z, Spider-Man, Captain America, America's Boy Scout for crying out loud. You look at a whole bunch of things that are essential to actually like cultivating some kind of use out of the NPCs that are being bred you know <laughs> the man, the mass lemmings you gotta give them a good moral compass so that we we don't slip into dark times again is the way I'll put it so speaking of uh, relevant people trying to make themselves relevant again um, you also saw the tweet from Arnie Hammer so just to give you context um, during the time of Stanley's passing, everybody was putting up pictures of themselves with the man. And Arnie Hammer put out a tweet saying it's you know he found it very disrespectful that you're putting up a tweet about you know you about with with Stanley, and it should have been about Stanley. Well, people kind of backlash on him. Yeah. And then 
Um, he's not very. He should. He should not have a, a Twitter handle <laughs> to, to begin with. Um, he did retract. He did apologize. He he finally did say that he understood that you know people grieve in certain ways and that and that that is true. So I will give him kudos for for saying you know for for giving that retraction. But come on, you know you got it. Everybody's going to be. You know, they're going to do their own thing. Some people are going to be radio silent on social media. Yeah. Some people are going to be very active to say, you know, how much they that they inspired them and that they're happy that they had that moment moment with them and that they feel very remorseful for his family. Oh, yeah. So, well, I mean, also, Joan died a year ago. Yeah. So, you know, my uncle, he, passed, he committed suicide after my aunt passed. It was one of those things that, it, you know what, his... Juliet was already passed on, man. And I figured it, I kind of saw it as a ticking clock, you know, because it's one of those things. It's hard to find that fighting spirit when you've been, you know, in, uh, entangled with someone for so long. Yeah. Say. And especially that, like, they've been, they were married forever. Oh my God. They were married forever. I mean, I, I, I have, I, I've only been married to Linda, you know, since 2017. Yeah. I've known her since 2016 or 2015 and I couldn't imagine you oh, know what he's gone uh, through yeah I, I could not imagine what what he's gone through but I mean he's already inspired the next generation of people so that's what I, I find comfort in you know because you even see like Kevin Smith he had to run on writing Daredevil you know it's the thing that never got to me when I was a kid was that you could do this. Oh, you like watching TV. You like watching films. You want to make one? How much fun would that be? Yeah, it'd be work, but how much fun would that be to have something tied to your name like that, you know? If someone would have told me, like, yeah, you could do that, I would have I would have started earlier doing podcasting and all that. Like, I, would, I did uh, Chuck and Charlie with my brother. We had called up at the time, non-stoners. He still doesn't as well. And he called up and acted like potheads on the radio and called up the radio station every single day and we did that bit comedy with them acting like stoners with MMR for fucking like four years and then I did this uh, the North Star Gaming and all that and then you know more podcasting but if I had somebody guiding me and saying yes you could do this then that's what got me back into podcasting with you today because I was listening to Kevin Smith and he was just like if you want to do it do it just fucking do it. And that's my advice for everybody listening to this podcast today. You should do, find a medium. It doesn't have to be podcasting or anything like that. Just stand up on my Stanley soapbox. But it doesn't have to be something like that. Just find something that makes you happy. Because it, it tends to break up the mundane uh, life that everybody's forced into. And I'll, I'll listen to stuff when I'm at work. And, I mean, and, and just a, it, it's nice just to have some type of entertainment, even if it's informative. Oh yeah, yeah, man. There's a lot of good, uh, a lot of good stuff out there. And uh... so, speaking of anime, um, we're gonna go into the world of Nickelodeon. Um, SpongeBob creator yeah. Steven Hillenburg yeah. uh, passed away due to complications of ALS. Uh, apparently, um, it's a hell of a disease. It is. It's a, that's a raw one, man. Um, Apparently, it progressed very quickly. You, um, it's undetermined how long that he was battling it for. I know for like the what's circling around 
Webb is um, he only made it public um, within the recent years but we don't know how long he was battling the disease for so thoughts and prayers out to his family Um, it was definitely a hard time especially with ALS because that's everything's slowly shutting down like a computer booting up booting down you know that's 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 a raw deal that's a raw deal and then um I'm curious to see what Nickelodeon will do in the next couple of weeks. And, You'd and, imagine uh, they have to have some kind of tribute because, one, SpongeBob has been their cash cow forever. I mean, SpongeBob started as, like, my generation was like, I'm too cool for that. Let me watch MTV while there's still music on here. And it was, all right, but I'll, I'll still watch SpongeBob. And then I got into my 20s, into my college years, and he started getting fucking drunk and doped up, and SpongeBob's the funniest fucking thing on TV. Like, everybody is, you can't help but have seen a couple um, episodes of SpongeBob. And this, he was in the, uh, I'm gonna butcher it, but he was in some kind of naval um, branch of the military. And he made a cartoon about like underwater um, phenomena like I, I'm, like that, and that what turned heard, into SpongeBob. From what I heard from Preston and Steve, he had his degree in um, uh, biomarine. Yes, 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 yes. That's so, what it was. and then um, which then was the inspiration for SpongeBob SquarePants, and uh, but the the ensemble cast they had. I mean, that's just. Oh yeah, it's amazing. Uh, yeah, and then, well, you have the comparison to all the characters to the Seven Deadly Sins, which, compared on the anime that you've seen, is two completely separate casts of characters. <laughs> <laughs> there's Seven Deadly Sins, which is the one on Netflix, which is really good. Go, go out and watch it. And then there's Seven Mortal Sins. That one is not safe for work. Uh, a border. Oh. I'm going to say borderline hentai with a very thin bowstring around the bra. <laughs> but depending on what you're into, there you go. That's my uh, metaphor for that. Everybody has their vices. <laughs> <laughs> but um, on a, a more serious, uh, another serious topic um, was the, I mentioned this to you briefly before, was it an article from, <clears throat> from the Federal, Federal Trade Commission? And it's that they're going to start investigating loot crates and the loot crate system in gaming and for you, those of you that don't know um, um, and those of that you do uh, loot crates uh, system in gaming um, very popular in Fortnite Overwatch yeah um, I think the Call of Duties um, done it. anything that has to deal with like any type of microtransactional Battlefront deal. 2 was very they had a huge lawsuit thing pop up over that and, and that, then there's another lawsuit I want to get to later <clears throat> but it's essentially they're, they're they're worried about the kids, and I can see this because they're worried about children associating loot crates and it being easier for them, that i.e., them being more susceptible to uh, gambling and those kind of addictions later on down the line because of loot crates. And I can't say that that isn't a possibility because when you look at gambling, it's a very per, uh, person-centric thing. It all depends on the person. It depends on your genetics and whether you're predisposed to it, addiction and such. Um, but 
when it comes down to gaming, I, I don't think you need to add that in there. Like, I play Clash Royale on my phone. Great game. Um, but there's there are loot crates. You have treasure chests that you get, which give you cards, which affect your play. And it's it, you can pay to win, and that's a big struggle for the modern gamer. Like, retro gaming, you would say graphics was a, a big struggle. Um, you know, well, for, uh, for accessibility, like, no example is do walkthroughs and such. Fortnite, Fortnite is is a free game. It's free on all, pretty much all platforms. It's on Switch. It's on yeah. Xbox, PS4. Um, they're and now the first doing... to be sweetened in crossplay. You know, they're the first to be officially sweetened. You know, Rocket League kind of did that a little bit, but Fortnite banned everybody like oh you got a phone cool play with your buddy on ps4 like oh wow wow you got that that you got that to happen and this is a free game i will give it to fortnite on that fact is that they really did something amazing is that yeah you're making your money off of that and that i kind all right i kind of see it's fine you're buying this skin you like this you know dance move yeah this dance move this funny hat whatever it is like okay but it has no effect yeah. On your on your gameplay and ability, and that's fine. Yeah. But there is some type of level of satisfaction to these players that are purchasing these V Bucks in Fortnite and getting, uh, you know, and purchasing these skins and things like yeah. that because it it is just like with any addiction, there is a dopamine trigger that happens, oh, yeah. and that's and and that's unfortunate, and that's why this the. the this uh, lawsuit on well, this investigation from the Federal Trade Commission is, is happening. Right? Yeah. And I mean, you know what? It's one of those things that um, it's going to weed itself out and it's going to work itself out. Like, you look at Belgium and New Zealand, they've already banned loot crates in their gaming. Australia said, you need to seriously think about this and rework it out um, in, from their Senate committee. And it's a focus, and I will say, yes, it is something that you need to shield. Uh, maybe even, all right, if it's, I'm not going to say, hey, if it has a loot crate, put it on it, slap a mature sticker on it, but we should definitely look at it and see what is it. Is it like a Battlefront 2 loot crate to where, yeah, you could be getting a really good, you know, a really good card to enhance your, you know, um, your sniper, or you could be getting some Republic credits. Yeah, I mean the issue with the issue with I have with microtransactions is like they would just go away if people stop buying. But the problem yeah. is is that and the money's not there. It's credit. That's what that's what really the, empowers it. Well, it's also a societal thing that like there's this whole feeling of instant gratification and needing it. Yeah. So that you're fighting against that societal factor as well. And then then you have the people that have actual addictions that they may not be able to go fulfill them like elsewhere. Let's just say someone who doesn't have a job that can only make money in a limited capacity, but still wants that trigger, they're going to do that and they're going to waste their money on that. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's also the thing with like when iTunes first came out, they had kids just click, 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 and, you know, they just bought a whole bunch of shit and put it on their parents' you know, accounts. It's almost like that factor to where there was no kind of monitoring there until it happened. 
So I kind of see them trying to get in front of the eight ball outside of, like, you get a, an EA, you know, lawsuit, like, hey, Battlefront was shit. And you got loot crates, which are making everybody, you know, just be able to pay to win and stomp over everybody in the middle of a, you know, friendly game. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna put, if you're gonna put these loot, if these these items behind the paywall, you have to have some stipulations on it. Uh, and it, it it's both the business and the parents if they're kids. It, like if it, if it's a marketing to kids thing, that that the parent has to have some yeah. type of semblance of control. But you can't market to kids. You right, can't yeah. make it. I mean, because that's the reason why you don't see any Joe Camel signs anymore. Because like, yeah. it was a cartoon camel on a billboard. Jules, they stopped making the flavors, and you have to buy it specifically from Jewel, and you can get a you know a, a subscription service set up to where they'll send it you know packs to you for all that. I mean, that's why you don't see because c- of the kids. You don't see cigarette ads in magazines anymore. Yeah, you don't, no, you don't see cigarettes. Man. You don't see cigarettes ads on TV anymore. On comic like, books too, man. Right in the fucking middle of a fucking Batman. There you go, Marlboro Man. Yep, sitting there on his horse. <laughs> I was looking through some of my old comic books, and I was looking at that. I'm like, yep, cigarette ad. There it is. <laughs> but that's just the times that we live in. So, like, it's just evolving. It's always, it's always going to be. And, and these companies, you know, they say that you know. You know, you have to be 18, you have to do this. But they know what they're doing. And I, smoked before is, I, I smoked cigarettes before I was 18, you know. I mean, so, where there's a will, there's a way. To, so there is a psychological research mentality to this. And, you know, we just have to, as a, as a complete society and, and as humanity, we have to be better than we were yesterday, yeah. a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. And I don't think, uh, you know, and greed has become too much of a driving factor that we lose sight of what is important. We do, but even in gaming, I see uh, how the tides have changed is that everybody, especially being a PC player, it's, I need, now, 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 I need more games, I need more stuff in my inventory, I need that. You still see players going on and spending the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of hours in gaming, but when you look at gaming in a whole, they're not concerned with doing that. And then I'll segue this into my next topic, which is, i.e., Bethesda. They're getting sued for Fallout 76 because they're not allowing people who are having, uh, you know, glitch problems to where they can't run the game. They want to refund. They... They don't, want it, they don't want it right now. Maybe they'll buy it later on. Maybe they won't. Maybe you turned them off to it. But they're not giving anybody a refund. And now there's a lawyer gathering for a class action lawsuit against Bethesda because they're not giving anybody the money back. Bethesda coming out saying with Fallout 76, we want this to last forever. Well, if you want this to last forever, there's a reason why Steam didn't okay the game being put on there. It's because you're not... They have a, a refund policy on with Steam, which is... Uh, two weeks or two hours if you're within total that, time yeah if total time. you're within that parameters you can get your money back with your game and that's what I love about Steam hey I can try this I can put my money down and then if I can take my chip back away and they're very quick and efficient about it but when you're not put for especially for a PC platform now for consoles that's almost like they feel safe you know they have the Sloman Shield sign in front of their home 
says Xbox, and they, you know, they're all happy and comfortable in there, and then it's, well, I'm expecting a perfect game. You know, they're the pinky up silver spoon types, the console gamers. So, I was having a conversation with one of my co-workers today about Bethesda and the, uh, and, and the no pun intended, Fallout from Fallout 76. <laughs> uh, um, and, you know, we both, we both, like, said that at least they're owning up to the saying that, hey, we did a bad game. But, we also done something that no other company has done before. And that was take our existing engine and make it something that it shouldn't have been. Which is a single player game engine and make it multiplayer. I know a guy who did that. His name was Dr. Frankenstein. And his, his thing didn't... It wasn't so well popular, uh, popularly accepted. So I saw, I saw the level of patch on Xbox and PS4. Like, PS4 was at 47 gigs, which actually eclipsed the actual download. I saw, like, it was a 54-gig update on yeah. one, and I was like, what the fuck? So, I will say this. Good example. No Man's Sky. They dropped that price on that shit. On both of those games, they dropped the price. Yes. And I went back to them and bought No Man's Sky after they added their stuff, and I was very well happy with the low price that I paid and for all the stuff that was in the game eventually. But, eventually. but here, here's what I'm saying to this example the developer knows where they screwed up and they you know good example is that No Man's Sky now their game is what it was is what is what almost what they promised it's honestly still nowhere near Star Citizen level <laughs> I agree but they are at least saying stick with us sure. come back to us and we will honor you and win you back that I will say is what they're what they're trying to get to as far as so Bethesda has a lot to work and a lot to get back. They've always been a lackluster company though. They haven't really you Bethesda's been known for glitches and bugs like that. I wasn't surprised with crashes, day one patches. I wasn't surpri- I wasn't surprised at all that. Well, what I was surprised with this game is that they had the balls to flat out say, "Yeah, and there will be no NPCs." You just killed the entire story for your game. Hey, you got to go and find Charlie off on this. Uh, he's living in this trailer park. Oh my God, Charlie's dead! And then that's the rest of the game. Oh, we're gonna add well, other vaults. You should have already thought about that and used that as an excuse to, hey, why is this town here? Well, they opened up before you due to a glitch, something weird like that. Hey, these guys survived in a valley. You know, they so need to I, add those loopholes. I waited on purchasing Fallout. And the only reason why I waited, one one is because of the mad hysteria that this is. And then yeah. two, I don't want to be going in on, on release day and having to deal with multiple people going through the same same run. I'm a leisurely player. I, I'm a completionist. I will go and read every article because just because there's no NPCs, there's a bunch of lore to read within the game. And that's part of that's part of the journey in this game is is you have to read the articles, you have to read all the computer terminals, you have to read, read? all the Read what is this, a Nintendo game? Get oh the fuck my out god. Of here. Get somebody to pay somebody to read it to me. I will say anybody <laughs> who was a Nintendo reader, it has an incredible vocabulary. They do have incredible vocabulary. That's because they had to the read all the translations might have been games. off, but hey, they have an incredible <laughs> vocabulary. Please meet you. <laughs> 
all your base don't belong to us. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's it's one of those things. Yeah, translations don't always hit the mark, and then you have the, uh, the voice acting, which is completely terrible in some of them, especially when you're going Japanese to uh, English. It's uh, it gets dicey. But I mean, you see, but but going back to Fallout. Um, I, I challenge any person that wants to play Fallout 76 when they get it. I'm not. I'm not saying you have to buy it now, but play it like you're actually exploring, yeah. not just trying to get to the end game. Because yeah. this this game is not. It's not going to be end game content. You also have quests and stuff like that. But look at look at Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, I think Destiny kind of. Um, I think Destiny kind of. Destiny amped up, amped up those kind of players to where all right, you got to hurry up to the end. Well, you got to hurry up, to the end. that's when the real game begins. Yeah, you got to you got to wait. You got to fast forward. Nah, nah, fuck this. Uh, this cutscene. Just go all the way. To, it doesn't matter. Well, yeah, go all the way through. Destiny, and Borderlands, uh, you, you know, yeah. World of Warcraft, uh, EverQuest. Yeah. Like anything that has like a, an MMO yeah. RPG JRPG element. Yeah. See, MMOs, that's interesting you mentioned, because MMOs kind of, uh, they found a different way about getting their money. Like, you look at Black Desert Online, the, the horribly failed Bliss Online, South Korean game, which tried to capture Black Desert, and it was trying to be Black Desert Online Lite, and then they just botched the job. Um, but with their pay-to-win aspect to it, you weren't actually, you were buying aesthetics, clothing, you were buying pets which may give you a buff, you know, minor stuff like that. Buffs I think everybody are okay with because it's a temporary boost, you know, and that's not something you really have to worry about as to, like, getting legendary shit and nobody else can get it because fuck you, that's why. Yeah, I'm... When was the last, when was the last time you played WoW? <sighs> you know what? WoW was the pay-to-win in my day because I didn't want to pay for a subscription to play a game when I'm buying the game. And that's why I never got into WoW. I never, I never played it because I was like, oh, well, fuck you. Yes, you look entertaining, but I'm not paying you a month. It did, I, I never bridged that gap and played it. And I know a bunch of people. I know a buddy, he's playing it now. Rory, he loves it. He fucking plays it all the time. I see him on his Facebook all the time. And he's still getting that entertainment out of it. <clears throat> Especially with the new stuff that WoW's putting out. With I think they're re- pretty much redoing, remastering the old game and letting you play through it again with yeah, they're doing they're doing well vanilla. It looks good. Yeah, it looks very good. It looks good. And they're also they also um, they're doing away with the expansion packs, like having to pay for them. Yeah. So if your subscription is active yeah. in the future, I don't know. Why going, are you making me pay for an expansion pack when I'm fucking subscribed to you? You're taking my monies. People did it, and then like you know, then like things changed. People got tired of that model. And, and so they evolved as well. So now it's just a subscription model. You subscribe to the, like you purchase the, the base game and then you're in. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I, I can, see, I, I have like a whole bunch of subscriptions for streaming now. That's why I'm like, ah, fuck it, what's one more? Yeah, I probably would do a subscription game if it was good enough. If there was a decent backing, like if I found... Like, I'm, I, was, I mentioned Star Citizen. I'm a backer. I am a citizen. My brothers got me into it, and I logged into it. I got my Aurora uh, LR, 
so I got a nice little ship, cruise through the galaxies, they're planning on just, oh, you like that planet, huh? Go on down to the surface. Here's a little motorbike, and then you go on your vehicles, and you go around the planet's surface, and man, that was fun, and you got oxygen and all that kind of stuff to monitor, and it's an interesting game, because it does have the fetch quest, like, oh, you want to be a mercenary, huh? But it has gigantic battleship, like a aircraft carrier, where you're, you can land on the aircraft carrier in space, and dock, and all that, and refuel. They've gone, that even with the NPCs, they have, like, uh, air towers to where the air traffic controllers, one, you have to ask permission for docking, for landing. That's a big no-no. You get a little red flag when you just land wherever the fuck you want. Like, oh, jackass, what? You own that parking spot? There's a lot of idiosyncrasies in there that they're adding into, and just the NPCs are doing something. They're, they have a job. There's they're a purpose. actually following it. The level of intricacy in their design is fantastic, and it's a long game, but they were like, hey, man, we're in it for the long haul. We're in alpha status now. They've been making it for five years. It's a really good progress. And you got Mark Hamill in, in there in the in the Squadron 42 single player. You have uh, PvP with uh, Space Marine. So you have your shooter. You have your air combat. So you have your you know space combat in a separate mode, player mode again. And then that's three modes: universe, you know, PvP. And, another PvP, and it's a whole bunch of nice, um, different game modes, and even the PvP, you're on a space station, you go outside, in the vacuum of space, the bullets react differently. Good. They even get that down. Your movements react differently. Everything is very well looked at in this game. I have, I mean, I mean, that's one of the games that I'm following that I'm really excited for, and they just released 3.3. Hopefully I get to 3.4. Got in my loaded 3.3 down, and I gotta get in my spaceship. The navigation, big, giant, glowing orb. Like, I have a sun right in there, and I can't fucking see. So I was like, well, I'll see you at 3.4. <laughs> and that's the kind of game it is now, man, because I'm like, all right, well, let me see where my investment was. That's where I was with Shroud of the Avatar until they kept goddamn wiping the, uh, the chalkboard like a brand-new substitute teacher. Like, look, man, stop erasing my character. All right, fuck you. I'm just not playing. But Star Citizen, it's a nice game. It just keeps building momentum and building uh, success. you got to buy your additional packages, but eventually you will be able to buy uh, ships in-game, okay. in-game currency. But now, yeah, it is that pay aspect because they want to make sure they can get all this shit done and paid for. So it's like you're buying this ship, yes, but you're buying it before you can earn it in the game. And you're getting, you know, you're helping the game out being developed as well. So there's a lot of good stuff and a lot of good stuff, uh, videos out there, YouTube-wise, that help you get started and all that. Yeah, I mean, like putting up, putting down your your um, your landing gear. F. There's a button. You got to push up and then up and down your landing gear. The landing auto landing is like N. But there's little things. You could run out of fuel, and then you're really fucked. <laughs> But it's one of those, uh, it's got enough going on with it to where it's really captured me. Like, uh, there's a bunch of them out there. Yeah, I'll have to come over and check it out because my, I still haven't upgraded my rig yet. So, um, this, this tax time I'm going to be looking into getting a new rig. Um, yeah, I started looking into it, especially Cyber Monday. They had Ram really cheap down there. Um, I'm just kind of debating I might as well just build off the ground up. 
all new because I pretty much got the core parts. So maybe just saying F it. I mean, not my graphics card. I have a nice graphics card. I'll buy a shit one and toss it together. But I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm getting my my rig together. Even still, it's still good enough to run the Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I was very happy with. Um, so, so that it's, that whole fix I walked you through that worked well. Yeah, it right. it was. It's my problem is this. It's a very very grindy game. It's very grindy. Origins or Odyssey? Odyssey. Okay. It's extremely like. I have I have Odyssey through my friend Jeff because we should do game sharing on Xbox. Yeah. So anytime I don't have to pay for a game, it's a, it's, it's a bonus for me. Oh yeah. So I'll do it that way. It. I mean, and don't get me wrong, Odyssey is a great game. It's beautiful. Water dynamics. They kept that water physics in there, uh, like they brought over from Origins, because essentially it's the same engine. It's just fucking grease, and it works though. And it's it's interesting because you have your your ship combat. Like everybody loves from Black Flag, and nobody even knew they would want it from Black when Black Flag came out. They didn't. Uh, well, oh, you got a shower? You're a pirate. Well, you got to be sold. They, they they did a good job. They had a they had a blended taste of it in three. So yeah, but three was a shit show. It it really was. I mean, but that I mean, I like that they brought back the story outside of the Animus and not just random coworker number four just. You are Abstergo, you're not, what the fuck's going on? But there's a point that I get in every Assassin's Creed game where I'm like, that was far enough. Yeah, that was far enough. And then I may come back to it if I really feel like I never finished Origins. I just kind of like, ah, yeah, I see where this is going. And uh, it just gets that monotony in there, and that's what kills the game for me. It's just that. I don't, I don't, I just don't know how you would fix that within the core gameplay of, because, alright, I'm going to, I know I'm going to sleuth this guy down, I'm going to kill him, and then I'm going to kill another guy, and then, ah, I got caught, I gotta kill all these guys, and, oh, that's red, I need to go murder and pillage everything from there, and it kind of just gets bold. Yeah, I can't, uh, I, I can't do heavy grind games unless I have off from work for a week. Uh, only because my schedule is, is always in flux with, you know, kids and their schedules. And, and, you but know. then again, you pop in a Rocksteady game, Batman, any any one of the franchise. I'll even take Arkham Knight after they got that all those uh, kinks worked out, and fuck it, I'll take it. But that being said, Rocksteady, there's rumors now. Because they were flowing the rumors out that they were working on an action RPG, uh, an action RPG game, like, they're, they're working on an action game, uh, um, and it's being floated out that, that they're going to do Superman, because they want to have an open world Superman, Superman game, and then float out a Justice League later on down the line, which I'm dope for both of those, I'm in, I'm in, I would absolutely love Rocksteady to do an open world Superman game, I think there's a lot there, especially with, like, Mr. Mixelplex and Brainiac and all the, you know, Cord Metallo and so do you think they'll, they'll do a continuation story with Injustice Zing and it's connected, interconnected? Uh, or, in, or in between stories? I think it would be kind of like what they did with Injust, how Injustice recognized Batman in the Rocksteady franchise. Like this, I think kind of feel like Rocksteady has their own thing going on, you know? Like maybe you'll see the, the, the Superman game reference, you know, the Batman or what the Arkham Knight is doing and 
you know, kind of, they'll make it elusive like that. I can see that, but I don't see them linking injustice into it. I, I, I they're two separate. They're 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 franchised by the WB, but they're two separate studios. Okay. One's Netherworld yeah. for with which is Mortal Kombat. Yes, that's the, the, that's why because Netherrealm. I don't see that's why I don't see it because Netherrealm they make a good game. They make a great fighting game, even a great fighting game with story. Even though they have their formula. And you know what? Having a formula isn't bad, especially with a game. Especially if you're a fan of the formula. You know what you're going to get. They stick to it. And that's what you love Netherrealm for. You're going to have a short little cutscene, and then you're going to go to well, a no, really that's, nice that's why everybody buys Dynasty Warriors, because yeah. it's a hack and slash. Yeah. I mean, 9 kind of went straight away from the formula, because you can do, you can now do co-op um, campaigns online yeah. with multiple so it's not just two. Right. I mean, even still, I think a Superman game, man, that's what I wanted out of N, uh, Superman N64. Superman 64 was supposed to be that game for me, man, an open-world Superman game, because I was a huge Superman fan. Huge Superman fan. What and, studio did that? Was it, wasn't, uh, the, wasn't that a claim? Yeah, it was a claim. That's why it was shit. It was <laughs> a claim. Because oh, if, if, if you don't... EA really, of their day. The EA of the day, but if you don't remember, um, for those who are you know still young, um, Acclaim just lost the license to WWE because it went to um, uh, actually, yeah, just lost the license to WWE because WWE went to then THQ, another defunct company now. But um, they lost that license, then they lost the license um, to another title. So the games that they were kind of putting out were kind of subpar after that. Yeah, they really were. I mean, it just gets to a point to where it's like movie games, you know? Like, ah, fuck it, just get it close to the movie and push it out there. You weren't really, uh, you know, you didn't really expect much after when they start mulling them out, you know, like Madden, 2K. These people will buy the same game every single year because they've changed the sweat molecule a little bit or they added a story mode or they tweaked a little thing right here and the same could be said for you know any of the Assassin's so, Creed so or what anything I, franchise so speaking of that what I do for the Madden's is I buy every other year because I'm also subscribed to EA Access which is only yeah. $40 a year through, through Xbox um, and I also get a 10% discount on any EA games which is okay but I also get the vault stuff um, so one year I'll get Madden in January because because it's included into the vault okay. at that point and and then the the next year I'll get it that you know that's August or September when it actually new release um, but like NBA 2K I just bought that I have I, I bought last year's but this year I didn't buy it until Black Friday which was you know thirty dollars instead of sixty five so it was just that makes sense to me right. I mean, whenever it comes down to franchises, man, it's not a bad thing, but it's definitely something that it, you run a, a, a slippery slope with the audience getting tired of it. And that's why I'm glad Batman stopped at Arkham Knight. I'm glad, like, I love all the Batman games that they did, but I really don't, unless, I, I don't know how else you could pump that up without adding other people, other superheroes into the you know the end of the franchise and it's the same thing with like Madden yeah you get new people you, yeah you get new people every year but of course and yeah that could be a simple patch but then you wouldn't get this or you wouldn't get and 
they are making it, and it's an industry standard, so it's not going to change, but the same standpoint, I'm looking at this from a PC point of view to where I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to buy that yet. That's $60. I'll wait for it to get on sale. I'll wait for, I'll wait for Papa Gabe to go ahead and put it on sale for me, and then I'll buy it. <laughs> you know, old, grand, old Grandpappy Gabe Newell. But it's one of those things, man, that, you know what, there's a lot of good stuff going on in the industry. Uh, my new rig, I'm stoked for that because it's going to be, it's definitely going to get worked, man, because we definitely have a lot of great stuff coming up, especially E3 this year. PlayStation's not going to be there. Um, I just, I don't think we need E3 anymore. I think that no, it needs I, to be, you announce things at your own date. Yeah, throw a party, do what you right do what you want, uh, party-wise, but it doesn't need to necessarily all correlate along that that point. Because right. it's kind of got here. Out of, out of date, out of touch, you know? I will say that um, E3 is... It's, it's an old, archaic model. And the reason why it's an old, archaic model is it's still running on the fact... When we had E3, the internet was in its infancy. Yeah. So... Now we're in an age, you know, 20, 25 years later, we're looking at people are already informed. Stuff gets leaked at a moment's notice. Oh, yeah. So by the time we get to E3, the, the, the companies are not seeing the payoff of being there. Oh, because yeah. it's their time, their money. Um, they have to put on a good show. Because it used to I be would, you had to watch E3 to figure out what's coming out that year. Well, you had to be in, on the pulse. Well, also... G4 closed down. Yeah. There's no there's no official like cable network now that actually covers gaming. Right. And that's but that's where and I had a friend, he was just like, nah man, I need to get I need to write a show. I need to do this. I need to and that's TV's, you know, the future, it's the medium, and it's not. It's podcasting is the new radio. You have uh, a lot of social media taking over what is essentially scary, but the news, where a lot of people, you don't hear, oh, I saw on the news today. I read on the paper today. It's, you hear? Oh, I, I saw it on Facebook, or did, I heard did, from so-and-so on Facebook. Did you see Facebook. this tweet? Yeah, you, you, and it, that's kind of where it, it's more immediate, and there's more of a focus on the internet now. It's just people don't know how to how to collect it, how to get that conduit on it and reap the reward from it. And the smart people who kind of see where it's going can grab the lightning for a bit. Well, social media as a tool is, it's, it is very useful if you know how to filter out. It's a degree. It's a degree. <laughs> Think about that. Social media. You could go to school. For now, social yes. media now. You could literally go to school just to know how to I fuck your phone. <laughs> you can get paid to I fuck your phone. <laughs> what, you think like older comedians really are tweeting that out? Like, no, Mr. Okay, now you need to hit this, Mr. Bristow, and hit the send button. <laughs> I read it. It's okay. You can say that. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a, a fucking job. And then that's why I don't think you ha you really have that need because you look at Rockstar. What did they do with Red Dead Redemption 2? They fucking broke records. And how did they do it? They never publicized the D3. They put out commercials and everybody talked about it. Rockstar has been the 
the, the, the literal rock star of gaming because so they're like, oh, I'm not going to go with that grain. I'm doing it here. Oh, you want my game? Guess what? There you go, bitches. And speak and of that. Fuck you, PC. Okay, fine, Rockstar. I'll wait. I'm fine. Fuck me. I, I can wait. You don't have to wait. You can just log into my PS4. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Like, you're, well, you're more than, all right, Rockstar, whatever you say. But yeah, speaking, it, speaking about Rockstar, so that uh, they also did something in the vein, and, and they gave the finger to everybody else that says, and, and so did Insomniac, that says, Single player game, single player games don't have a place in gaming anymore, which is not true because yeah. it, it is com- it is completely not true. For the past five years, most game of the years, most single player, yeah, single player. There you go. Well, like Last of Us was one. Yep, and um, I want to say you also. What was the? Uh, I want to say I know another one. It was a very story-driven. I think it came out on PC. It was about the uh, the android who was making choices. Uh, you had to kill a kid. It was real controversial in it. You had oh, a choice to oh. kill the kid. That one. I want to say that one was. But that anyway. Even even if it was an, a, it was still a really good story. It got acclaimed for the story, and and, and obviously it got uh, it had the shock factor there mm-hmm. for the choice of saying like you almost saying like I don't know. Holy shit! They let me kill this kid. Oh, okay. Well, f- well fuck it. I'm not gonna do that. Click, and you do it. And then, you know, they're the bad person that's making you kill all those people. Heavy rain. Oh, yeah. Heavy rain was another one. There's a lot of good st- single player stories to where Skyrim, Skyrim Rock coming near you. You know, like they're gonna, they're putting Skyrim on everything, and people are buying it. Well, that was that was the that was the insane joke about it was be like, yeah, we'll put Skyrim on on uh, Alexa. They we'll put, put it on, yeah, and they put it on Alexa, and it, it is available. That wasn't no bullshit. That they've really made that available. And I'm kind of sitting there thinking, like, you know, that kind of would be fun. I kind of would want to play that. <laughs> like, I would want to play Skyrim on Alexa. So yeah, I, that would I, be I fun. Bought, That's kind of like bought, the, your so, own D and D partner. So I haven't touched Skyrim only because it, you know, my life. I don't have time, yeah. but. I still bought Skyrim on the PS4 because um, the VR headset for the PS4 is now 100 hours off, and the VR is available for Skyrim. So, guess what I will be (laughs) playing. (laughs) I've honestly been really hooked up into Kingdom, uh, Kingdom Come Deliverance, and it's controls aside the controls feel like it it's like Skyrim and For Honor had a baby and they were both disappointed with each other because it had no magic and it's just like it has the attacking of like For Honor to where you pick the five points and you go down and it's very intricate the bow you're not just like oh I want to I want to shoot right in front of me it's okay let me lift the bow let me pull the arrow back, and now I'm going to sway back and forth, and then I have to eventually time it out. Oh, it let go of it. And there's, like, all this kind of stuff. You can't just point the arrow. They're going for more realistic. So he's swaying his arm, and you have to pick a, a you know a good time to let the arrow out. They don't even give you a little cursor. What I did is my brother put a little Sharpie dot on his, on his monitor. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, hmm, that is inconvenient. I got a piece of uh, scotch tape. I put a little dot on it. I put it in the monitor. I was like, oh, that's so much better. <laughs> <laughs> but just to, if you ever don't have a crosshair in a game, that's easy. That's a life hack for you today. <laughs> Matt Man's life hack. You need a crosshair? 
put that shit on scotch tape and then put that on your monitor because you could always get the monitor safe, static free cleaning solution to clean the monitor off of any kind of adhesive that sticks onto it. Or you could just get a shield guard for the whole monitor. Either or. But a little piece of scotch tape. A little piece of scotch tape is all you need. But this entire podcast has been broadcast in my 2012 TL. So. Listeners will let me know how quiet it is. Maybe they hear that rattle that I try to ignore. I don't know. But we'll, uh, it, was, <laughs> it was mighty fun, sir. We'll have to do it again many more times. So the reason why we broadcast this in the car is because my car is actually in the shop. And uh, Matt messaged me earlier today say, hey, do you want to get into a pod? And I was like, hey, I got my portable. Let's go. If you want to, you know, we could do a pod on the way. I'm totally getting one now. I'm totally getting one. See? <laughs> See, I had to show you had to show you uh, but we're going to try to make this a regular thing um, and if it, if we do get some type of uh, following we'll, we'll put out the uh, we'll put out the station ID we'll put out uh, the websites and we'll create social media so you'll be able to get in contact with us and then we'll be able to once we have that integrated with with the website and Facebook we'll be able to open up uh, call-ins through Facebook Messenger uh, and I also have a, uh, a Google Voice number that we can use for people to call in when we're doing a live stream. So yeah, we can, that'd be we great. Can, we can that. do that. So. I'd love that. I'd, answering questions and all that. Because I'm not, a, I'm not an expert, but I like to pretend I know a lot. And I, especially with the gaming industry, I've focused on... Well, I, I tell you that you're full of shit anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 it doesn't matter. But you don't listen to me because I'm an old man. <laughs> That's the way that the world works. You don't listen to the older generation until there's absolutely nothing you can do about it. Then and it's, why didn't I listen to him? Which, you've actually said that yeah, to me. Multiple times now. A month ago, two months ago, four months ago. You'd think I'd start I, listening by now, but you know what? It's not going to happen. We'll find out in the future if it ever does. And it all stems from you not wanting to listen to me from Giant. <laughs> Yeah, and then well, he turned out. Turned out. Yeah, he was right. There's always that. There's always that person who's giving you that advice, and you're like, "Fuck all of that." That sounds like a lot of extra steps. <laughs> but then, if you take the extra steps, you'll find that it actually was the easiest way to go. But oftentimes in life, I've found that my, as myself and a lot of people do, we do tend to take the hard way. But it's not the hard way that has to define you. It's how you deal, how you let the hard way affect you. And you got to keep a positive vibe on it. Speaking on that, um, so I'm going to end with this. Um, I heard this saying, and um, I've been trying to take that uh, to to heart with how I uh, how I am as a parent, how I am a, as a coworker, as an employee. Be the solution, not the problem. If you have a positive attitude and in, in everything that you do, regardless of who you have to deal with, how they're treating you. If you are the solution and you treat them ten times better than they treat you, you I'm can good. you can never say that I'm you haven't done anything in your power. I deal with the public, man. That's how I get by every day. You got to be, you know, kill them with kindness. And I tell because there's this woman that I work with. She, you know, loses her temper sometimes, and she she gets hot and bothered. She lets things uh, affect her. And I try to tell her, I say, look, if it's not going to affect the next five years of your life. Don't give it five minutes. And that's the kind of new thing that I've been going by, man. If it's not going to affect the next five years, man, I'm not going to give it five minutes. I'm just going to keep going on my day. Because 
give me 20 minutes, something something's going to make me laugh. Yep. Something's going to take my mind away from that. And you got to focus on the good, and that's how you get out of it, man. Speaking Sometimes of laughing, that funks. Um, <laughs> so you get those scam calls. Okay. Likely telemarketer. Um, I got one that says uh, I got a notice on my electric bill, mm-hmm. and then I said, um, no, I didn't. Please place me on the do not call list. And he says, uh, he got so pissed off at me. He says, I am your daddy and I fuck your mother. His name was Bob. <laughs> His name was Bob oh, and Bob. he had a very particular accent. <laughs> oh, Bob. You're not fooling me, Bob. So, Bob, I thank you for that for that semblance of laughter. <sighs> thank you for listening, Bob. And to all, you, all the rest of you guys, uh, good night and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, everybody. See you next time.